0: Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. Hey, my friends out there in Brainland, happy new year to you. I hope you're having a wonderful 2017. I know I am, and I can't wait to start the new year with some philosophy for you. Now, for those of you who are relatively new to the channel, we used to do something, and I'm going to shock it back from the dead. YouTube comments and my responses, yes. We have some YouTube comments, and I've always uh, enjoyed reading a few here and there. I've gathered together a few, and I'm going to give some of my responses, and I'll sort of tell you the videos that they're um, associated with. So you can go and check them out. So the first one is Trump derangement syndrome triggered. Uh, This is when a a young man um, of perhaps questionable intent and focus uh, called in to say how terrible uh, Donald Trump was, what a terrible liar he was for saying that uh, three million... um, Illegal immigrants voted uh, in the recent uh, election and so on. And um, I didn't have the details of the questions ahead of time. The question was, um, what don't I like about Donald Trump? We got into those specifics, so I had to kind of look it up on the fly. And um, I found him kind of rude. I'm sure he found me kind of rude as well. But um, here are here's some of the comments, and we'll put the link to the video below. Stefan, you were a jerk in this video, and your arguments had more holes than his. <laughs> Now, let me ask you a question, my friends. If you go to the doctor and you have a sore throat and you say to the doctor, listen, can you give me something for the sore throat? He's like, yes, I can give you the word healed. And he he sort of goes, healed. He yells at your sore throat, be healed. I guess it's kind of like a revival tent, revival meeting. Um, That's not really medicine. And saying that someone is wrong is like yelling healed, at um, a sore throat or perhaps you ate a little bit too much over Christmas and uh, you feel your few pounds extra your muffin top and your favorite pair of tight jeans and um, you go to uh, a nutritionist and the nutritionist cups their hand (laughs) over your belly button and yells thinner thinner I mean (laughs) you understand describing something doesn't (laughs) actually change anything so saying um your arguments had more holes than his. Eh. Now, the jerk thing is interesting. There is this belief that is out there, which I vehemently (laughs) disagree with, uh, to the point of being a jerk, which is you you always have to keep your composure. You can never get angry. You can never get upset. You can never get frustrated. Whoever loses his cool, loses. (laughs) And that's you understand, people who don't lose their cool at all, people who don't have strong emotional reactions, uh, people who aren't in touch with their emotions and willing to express them, kind of like psychopaths, right? So you understand that this is a rule that that makes the psychopath looks the most right. Huh, I wonder who could have invented a rule like that. No, no, c- couldn't have been psychopaths, right? So so being passionate, being engaged, getting angry, swearing, I have no problem with it whatsoever. It's healthy. Uh, swearing actually reduces attention. It's actually been shown to do this medically. It is, I guess, like yelling at, at high blood pressure so that it goes away fucking high blood pressure but um yeah so uh this idea that you've got to keep the high road you've got to stay composed and so on uh that only benefits people who don't have any real emotions you understand this is not healthy in public discourse so this idea that and if somebody gets really jerky towards you and really aggressive and manipulative and so on that you're not allowed to get angry back that's crap that's crap Many, many years ago. I'm not blaming the guy, <laughs> but I had a, a wonderful roommate I'm still occasionally in touch with. And uh, we, we actually shared a room uh, in, in college together. And a great guy, smart guy, ended up with like, two doctorates or whatever. Anyway, he was studying uh, biology and they were studying sort of prisoner's dilemma and advantages and so on. And uh, he told me, and I will now tell you, as I've said people before on the show, that the best strategy that can be figured out is uh, in life is something like this treat people the very best you can after you meet them right first time you meet them treat them the very best you can after that treat them as they treat you and if they go low you go low if they come back high again then you it sounds passive and reactionary and so on but it's actually really not you know it's a great strategy in terms of figuring out how to get the best out of life and uh, this is um Oh, Lord, 30 years ago or so, and uh, it has been very positive and helpful for me in my life. So, um, no, if, if you go low, you know I may resist it once or twice, but if, if someone's going low, absolutely. You know, if you're showing up to a boxing match and the guy starts hitting below the belt or kicking or whatever, he wants you to not go down to his level. Why? So he can win the fight. And uh, I've been saying this for many years. I like to think I might have had some influence Uh, on the uh, republicans uh, in the uh, recent electoral cycle i've been saying for many years and i know a lot of really prominent people do listen to the show high prominent people (laughs) and um uh, this idea that you've got to maintain your dignity and you don't go low and you don't wrestle and shit with a pig because you know the pig wins with experience and likes it to boot Uh, no 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 that's not how it's not how in a war you know if if people start breaking the rules you stop breaking the rules back because how you win? I mean, unless you want to have a dignified loss. I mean, that's that's kind of what you do. So, um, uh, and the fact that the right has learned to punch back, and and the left is now gone from bullies to crying, uh, is is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's sadly. I mean. I've done a whole presentation on rules for radicals, right? Saul Alinsky's demonically inspired um, tome on how to win fights. And they say, well, yeah, you hold people on the right to their standards. We don't have any standards. They can't hold us to any standards. No, you drop your standards if other people around you don't have. And it's not a betrayal of your integrity. It's a reality of the need to win in a very competitive uh, world. So, um, yeah, saying I'm a jerk doesn't really mean anything. And and saying your argument in more holes, blah, 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 right? Now another person on this video said, "I'll respectfully disagree with Stephen." Boy, I gotta tell you, if if I had a dollar for every single way <laughs> my name was spelled on the internet, uh, well, I'd I'd have some dollars. Hey, like the show, Happy New Year! FreeDomainRadio.com/slash/donate, please, please, help, help, help. We got a big year ahead of us. We could, I could really use your help. Thank you. FreeDomainRadio.com/slash/donate. So he says, "I'd respectfully disagree with Stephen on the Trump hyperbole justification." I'd have no issues if Trump made his claims to a widely educated and informed public. This is unfortunately not the case. Trump may force the conversation among a few, but it leaves behind the uneducated and greatly misinformed who view everything he says as truth because it rallies hard against the mainstream. Those of us engaged in attempting to bring reason and evidence to the general public, yes, we do face Just a little bit of an uphill climb. Sometimes it feels like climbing up Mount Vesuvius during a hailstorm using only your teeth and penis. But the reality is it's a challenge. Now, why is it a challenge? Because... Public school has shredded people's brains. Yes, the image uh, from Pink Floyd's movie The Wall, with the kids falling into the sausage grinder and coming out as paste, is unfortunately all too true. Uh, We have the dysgenics of the welfare state as a a whole, where, you know, less intelligent people are having more and more babies. So there is a little bit of a decline in the genetic basis of intelligence. But also you have increasingly terrible and increasingly female-led, particularly in the younger years, government schools that are turning people's brains to reactionary mush. Plus, of course, you have... Um, The fact that uh, boys are being regularly drugged and that those drugs can, like in school, ADHD. Yeah, I wish I could just say that, you know, like uh, if if people found me boring, it's their problem. They need to be medicated. Yeah, it's not my problem. It's not me who needs to up my game uh, and be more interesting. No, no, no. You see, it's the children. It's the boys. They've got to be drugged. So it's a big problem. It shrinks brain mass and all that. So, yeah, running. But don't blame those of us in the public sphere for having to dumb things down a little bit, blame the government schools. I mean, it's not it's not my fault. It's not Donald Trump's fault. It's not, you know, it, I mean, at least we're trying to do something about it. <laughs> I certainly know I am. So um, this idea that um, uh, somehow it's the fault of people in the public sphere that the general public is uh, ill-informed, reactionary, and, and doesn't know how to think, blah, blah, blah. All right. Another caller said, uh, or a watcher said, 40 uh, minutes into the video so far, and I have to say that I believe Stefan, Stefan, ooh, an, Stefan, is losing. Not because his points are inaccurate. In fact, I think, wow, he actually spelt it S T E F O N first time, S T E P H A N the second time. Just random, random stuff. Sorry. Let me start that again. 40 minutes into the video so far, and I have to say that I believe Stefan is losing. Not because his points are inaccurate. In fact, I think Stefan has the winning argument. But because he is getting overly offended and most definitely derailing the other man's conversation illegitimately. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, (laughs) if you're in a fencing match and you say, look, and then, you know all's fair in love and war if we have like i have this wonderful theist dr duke pastor on the call on the show we have wonderful chats we come at it from very different angles disagree on certain fundamentals great chats you know if if you're going to come at me you know with a full interstellar bag of douchebaggery squirting out of both nostrils yeah all's fair in love and war if it turns to war if it turns to combat yes i'm going to use every trick in the book to make my case and um If you don't like that, I guess you have to up your game now, don't you? If you identify my tricks and counteract them. But, you know, if we're playing chess for a lot of money, uh, I get to use all the legal chess moves. And if you don't like them or you can't figure them out, uh, then um, you need to uh, study up on your chess a little bit more. But if you're going to step in the ring with me, uh, no, I'm not going to hold back. Uh, If uh, it's going to be combat, it's going to be combat. And I'm going to use every trick in the book uh, to win. Uh, and um, the, the winning is not for my ego. The winning is because I want the better case to be visible uh, in public, and the win is for reason and evidence and philosophy and all of that. It's not like, you know, me petty victory. I don't care about that. So um, another one, Stefan, you are a smart man, usually with the winning argument, and usually with the facts on your side, I have found this video up to this point to be childish on your end, and this is coming from someone who has a lot of respect for you and listens to you daily. See, I got to tell you, oh man, if only you could see the world, if you could see what I see, like if you could see the world that I see, uh, particularly if you write these kinds of comments, man, the number of people who say, Steph, I've been watching you for years, I love what you do, brilliant stuff, fantastic stuff, blah, 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 blah. and then don't make any kind of argument with any kind of reference. Listen, 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 you can't just read a diet book and think you're going to lose weight, you can't just buy a gym membership and think that you're going to get strong. You actually have to do stuff. There's no point listening to me. And you can listen to me for entertainment. That's fine. I appreciate the views. And, you know, if you find it, it's fine. But if you actually want to do philosophy, you have to do it. So the number of people who say, oh, Steph, I've loved you. have been watching for years. Here's my feedback. Here's where I disagree with you. And then don't provide any arguments whatsoever. No evidence. No nothing. Well, then you you haven't really. I mean, either you haven't been listening to me for years or you've been listening to me and you simply don't have a single clue what i'm doing um someone else said stefan as a fan and as a trump fan also see <laughs> i know half my word half my name is the word fan and if you like me you can call yourself a stefan but um i don't want fans <laughs> you understand i don't want boom 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 i don't want cheerleaders on oh yeah, yeah. Pfft, nope and eh, mm, eh, denied denied get away get thee behind me fans Satan. Uh, no, I don't want fans. I want people who can think. Think, think, think. Make the muscles work. Think. Shock the jellyfish to life. Make it evolve. Get out there. Think. Reason. So don't be a fan. And if the moment you say, I'm a fan of yours, don't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> Not even a clue. Um, I'm a fan of 2 and 2 make 4. It's like, no, no. Does 2 and 2 make 4? I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of the statement. I like the font. No, no. So Trump fan. And he said, but you really did come... As arrogant, I think he means come across, although you really did come as arrogant in this video. Yeah, arrogant is not an an argument. He said, I understand you're frustrated with him, but you cut him off so often and stopped him when he would make a comment, interrupting you, even a small one. You've got to let the guests make their argument, then break it down and counter it, not shout at and intimidate the kid (laughs) as if you're his teacher in high school when he fails to do his homework. You knew he was younger and that you could use your power to win the argument that you weren't 100% winning. By the way, I agree with you mostly, but guests need to be given a chance. Um, if you step into the ring and you want to find me, let's fight. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you." Now, first of all, he's not a kid. They're all adults. If he wants to come in, then... You could say he's got you know youthful um, uh, uh, elasticity of, of mind. He's got youthful reflexes and so on. And and, all. and he also had the significant advantage, this guy who came in to, to, to fight with me. Um, he had the significant advantage of knowing the specific objections that he wanted to bring. He didn't share with them with me ahead of time. So if I go in and I've had the chance to research very specific objections and my opponent hasn't, I automatically have a massive advantage i mean this is, is you know we didn't sort of edit it up and cut it up and say oh you know give me 10 minutes i'm gonna look something up and come back with a better argument i gotta do it on the fly while having a conversation while running a show he's already got i mean i already have one hand tied behind my back and it's like no no but ne- be nicer and be nicer and um the thing is too like when uh, if you listen to these debates that i have and i have debates with people who just call and have debates with more experienced people as well i interrupt when people start going off on another tangent like when we're in, when we're trying to work through a particular problem, whether it's, you know, however conflicty it might be, if someone just starts jumping off into another topic, no, I'm going to interrupt them and say, well, we haven't finished this topic yet. And if they start going off uh, in, in some random thing or they, you know, I have to stop them. I have to stop them. When they've just contradicted themselves, I have to stop them uh, and and so on. Now, they can say, well, them interrupt. Well, yeah, they, they can try and interrupt me. But. Um, I'm not doing that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just more experienced. I just know what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm, it's more likely that I'm going to interrupt the caller than the caller is going to interrupt me. That's my show. I mean, is that an argument? Well, to some degree, it means I've been doing this show for 10 years. This is the first time this person is calling in. So I have much, well, almost infinitely more experience. So uh, maybe that counts for something. And, uh, you know, as far as this proof of illegal immigrants voting, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole deal. We did quite a bit of it in the show. But, um, yeah, Uh, at least 11 million illegal immigrants in the U.S., about half of them were Mexicans, 40% of all Americans voted. Um, Well, how do we know that at least that percentage of illegals voted? Well, they had the highest incentive. This is another uh, listener. The highest incentive of all Americans at any time in history. Trump's most famous claim was to deport and and to build a wall. And it's going to work to end sanctuary cities, right? So, of course, the illegal immigrants have a huge incentive, a greater incentive than at any time in American history to vote uh, in the election. Before the election, President Obama reassured illegal immigrants that voting was safe and urged them to do so because nothing spells the rule of law like the top executive in the land telling people to break the law. So, um, yeah, it's the most important election for illegal immigrants president says go for it and uh you want uh, nothing really bad so of course it's going to happen right and um yeah. the media of course has, has said for the past 20 years the number of illegal aliens in the country is 11 million and that's nonsense there is an influx of a mil- uh, about a million illegals per year so it's about 30 million uh, uh, or more that uh, are in the country and 13 uh, percent of illegal aliens admit they self-report that they vote illegally so 13 percent of 30 million is 3.9 million so, the minimum number of illegal votes in this election is three point nine million, and um, I mean you'd have to subtract some of that uh, kids or whatever, but um yeah it's um not that uh, not that complicated and this is what the left does like I'm doing this presentation and getting this presentation together on um Senator Joseph McCarthy and McCarthyism, and the left they just like autistically fixate on one particular detail and thrash that to death, no matter what well, is the number exactly three million? Don't know. Who cares? doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. And um, it's sort of like saying you, you can't figure out a murder. Like some, some guy chokes some other guy to death. You can't figure out the, whether it's a murder or not unless you know uh, exactly how long the hands were on the neck for. doesn't particularly matter. I mean, <laughs> dead. And... Um, they with Senator McCarthy, you know, he used some different numbers from different reports talking about the number of uh, communist sympathizers in the State Department. And people say, well, you couldn't even make it in my mind. One day he says 57, then he says 202. And it's like, ah, the number kept changing. It's like, no. And, and it doesn't matter. The question is, were there actually communist sympathizers in the State Department having significant effect on US foreign policy at a time when massive sections of the world were falling into the giant volcano pit of totalitarian communism that seems to be the more important question but they just try and distract you with this other stuff so Um, another question uh, do you ever see yourself being the Canadian Milo (laughs) ha 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 come on dude you got to start touring college campuses do I do I really first of all look everyone I don't know if you know this or not stay at home dad a lot of time uh, with my daughter stay-at-home dad um, I don't think she'd particularly enjoy being dragged around to these kinds of things and um, why I mean I, I reach far more people through the internet people say this like get a tv show or you know go on radio or it's like no just do like a I mean are you kidding me doing 15 million downloads and views a month just just here in the studio why, why on earth would I want to go on the road I mean that's that's crazy. I'm not. I'm not a rock star. <laughs> I'm not a rock band. I mean, uh, there's no. I mean, what would the point be? I'm. I don't i, I can not reach more people, and it would be pretty inconvenient and expensive. Uh, and so I know. Now another caller said, "I want to be a bear. All they do is eat and bone all spring and summer long, eat fresh fish and sleep all winter long." <laughs> For me, it was a collie when uh, I first when uh, I was. I said first dragged. I didn't really want to come. I was first dragged to Canada by my mom when I was 11. We flew Freddie Laker. We flew flew to New York and then took a bus up to Toronto because that was the cheapest. We were dead, dead dirt poor. And um, stayed with a relative uh, for a while in Whitby where I was in grade A. And then later they put me back in grade 6 because stupid reasons. But anyway, when I was staying at my relative's, uh, he had a beautiful collie and... Um, when i would be sitting there you know having to do stupid homework and just not really enjoying being in canada i used to look at that dog and thinking oh man you lie in the sun all day you get fed you <laughs> yeah i can poop in the yard that seems pretty good and that was actually a movie called my life as a dog um i remember talking about that with my therapist once but uh yeah i i get it you know my life is tough we we want to escape to lower life forms mmm jellyfish <laughs> lovely now, um, I did a video called Take the Blue Pill, and um, uh, someone, someone wrote, uh, Steph and I worked in the NASA space program for 25-plus years. The motto for the engineering team that worked vehicle problems during space shuttle flights was, in God we trust, all others bring data. Your message has been consistent with this approach. You bring the data to back your message and in the process ensure that Americans see fact-based truths about the reality of our country state as compared to the narrative the liberals would have us believe. I appreciate your unrelenting work ethic to help this country move forward with eyes wide open and by always bringing the data. Um, that's just a really nice comment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, uh, take the blue pill, uh, somebody wrote. Uh, I took the blue pill and all, all it gave me was a four hour erection. Four hours? <laughs> Amateur. Um, the statement, there are no facts, being self detonating, does not make the statement, there are facts, true. Says somebody else. Both statements are problematic because they—a statement about facts—is necessarily a statement at a larger logical level than facts. It's just not clear what this logical level could actually be. Suffice to say, suffice it to say, Steph is doing pseudo philosophy. It is a fact that there are facts is no less ridiculous than it is a fact that there are no facts. No pills required. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the hell that even that means, but I just pseudo pseudo philosophy, and I can say that because I don't. Uh, I don't make any arguments. This guy's not making any particular arguments. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if you want to get my attention, and I assume some of the people who post here want to get some, someone's attention, then, you know, just make a consistent argument, make it, you know, make a statement. Uh, anyway, so um, I just thought that was kind of like, uh, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, well, I don't understand this, therefore, it must be deep. Uh, and then, is uh, it? dawkins who came up with this wonderful phrase deepity just something that sounds deep but it's just bullshit it's like now it's just like uh you know explain it to me i had a business manager once uh, a mentor really in a way who who would say you know when the engineers would get all the software engineers would get all technical he'd be like no 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 explain it to me like i'm three years old explain it to me like i just don't know anything from a hole in the ground and It's a very powerful place to be and um yeah problematic, I don't know, problematic is like the philosophical equivalent of inappropriate, I like, I don't even know what any of this means, um, someone wrote, I like Stefan, but he seems like an angry man, seems, comes across, you know, this is all just chicky feels, <laughs> you know, it's just, don't bring your feels to a fact fight, like, just, it feels like, it seems like you come across as, it appears to me that, and it's like, just say, no, just say I, I, I have an emotion, and I'm pretending it's a thought. <laughs> I have a feeling, and I'm pretending that I'm thinking. If you don't know the difference between thinking and feeling, you need to go to another channel. I love the feeling, love the thinking. I understand they're not the same thing. Um, now, somebody wrote, I wonder if not an argument, man, is going to go down in history like Plato. I <laughs> think Plato in history did go down. But uh, no, uh, he was a totalitarian jerkwad who indirectly has been responsible for the deaths of hundreds of millions of people, so no. Um, so we did a video called She Told Me She Couldn't Get Pregnant, which some people have suggested should just be played on a loop in sex ed class, particularly for boys. I could not help but agree. Uh, I just wanted to point out, here we have Stefan, but it's capital S-T. Oh, maybe it's St. but capital S-T, lowercase, f Uh Somebody wrote, Stefan, you so do not understand women. And in truth, everyone is unique. Cannot lump all people in one category. But he went to the hot tub and nothing happened. Should Q-U-Y men with high IQ do not get to breed? Again, um, it's funny, you know, uh, the grammar Nazi and, and the, the sort of spelling Nazi in me. It, it is important. If people don't know how to write sentences, it's usually because they haven't read very much. You know, spend a lot of time on tablet games and stuff like that um so delicious <laughs> but it's if, if you haven't read a lot generally you you lack empathy right it's not just my theory right uh, reading fiction in particular really helps develop uh, empathy and um so if you can't construct a sentence uh it's usually because like if you read you know, thousands and thousands of books or whatever it's you look at a sentence it just looks wrong it just looks wrong you know, like the old Frank Sinatra, you know, when he was in his like third or fourth decade of, of singing with orchestras, you know, you he could hear like one bassoon slightly out of tune. He'd be like whoa, whoa, whoa! I think we got a stranger in the crowd here. You know, he could hear it because he's just got that um, you know endless amounts of experience, which is why you know Ella Fitzgerald can make up words to Mack the Knife when she forgets them uh, and just do a wonderfully riotous song. It's worth looking up, by the way. But uh, when you have a lot of experience, you you, you look at stuff. It looks wrong. Eh, it doesn't look right, and. Um, so when people don't know when something looks wrong, uh, it's because they haven't read much, which means that they're not very well educated, which means that they probably don't have empathy, because especially if they've not read fiction. So it's just, you know, you, you need to get the view from outside your own head from time to time that I'm the big sort of spotty-headed bowling ball disco mirror of truth coming right back at you with the rays of illumination. So I don't understand women. No, I understand women. Of course I understand women. I mean, (laughs) I'm very happily married. I have a daughter uh, and um, have great relationships with the women in my life. I understand women. It's not that much to understand. Not that much to understand about men either. Um, Women, um, uh, it's the two Vs, uh, which which actually adds up to another V. But um, it's vanity and and vulnerability, right? So young women, uh, particularly if they're attractive, uh, have massive amounts of resources constantly offered up to them, and this provokes their vanity. Uh, And um, uh, they are vulnerable because they... Uh, often will, will have children and be disabled through pregnancy and if they're good moms, breastfeeding and so on. So they have vanity and they have uh, v- vulnerability. And um, the vanity doesn't need to be dealt with as a problem because it's. I, I assume it's, it's quite enjoyable. Um, although uh, it's one of the reasons why women who rely overly on the high sexual market value when they're young, when they hit the wall, you know, 30 or so and begin to get those, you know, dusty-lined... Tatooine Canyon crows feed around their uh, eyes and, you know, begin to have the kind of boobs that you could use to help sailors learn how to tie a good knot. When, when all this stuff, I, they go a little crazy, right? And and that's why a woman who squandered her high sexual market value on a succession of uh, useless head motorcycle riding tattoo sleeved lunatics uh, and then ends up trying to snag a guy when... Uh, the parachute of youthful sexual attraction is beginning to fail. Well, it's not uh, very good. You get the baby rabies, you get the sperm jacking and that kind of stuff. So there's vanity, which I guess women don't really have to solve that much, although it should be solved. You should not. Men's sexual attraction is not something that women earn. You know, men are just obsessed with sex and think about it more and, and have higher hormones for it. So the fact that women... Um, they don't earn men's sexual attraction and men's deferral and men's offer of resources. It's not something you earn. It's like being tall. I'm a good guy because I'm tall. Uh, it's ridiculous, right? So it's always a very dangerous habit to take pride in the unearned. Uh, I'm, I'm a very smart guy. I don't take pride in that. Um, I, I consider it something that has no blessable, that I feel that I should put my wheel, I should put my shoulder to the giant wheels of my brain and turn it, to grind um, idiocy into dust so I view myself as a servant of the world it is not something that makes me a better person it is something that gives me more responsibility to use my talents for the betterment of the world as a whole and um, so the the vanity thing if women think that they're special or better or important because men uh, are sexually attracted to them and, and want to offer them resources that's ridiculous and uh, it is uh, a silly and it's immature and of course a lot of Thought and, and effort in the past was trying to help women understand that in the full flower of their high sexual market value, that's when they need to choose the very best possible man uh, if they want to settle down and have kids with and, and so on. So um, if, if women act too much on vanity, uh, in other words, they, they say, oh, I love this attention. I'm just going to keep having men bring me stuff and take me out on dates and I just love it, love it, love it. Then you're taking the sexual attraction that you have as a young woman and you're using it to feed your ego. Uh, and that's not what it's for. It's there to have you pair bond with a stable, successful man who can help provide you with resources when you give birth to the wee, adorable parasites of human children who take pretty much a geological age to grow up. So, yeah, if you uh, if you use accidental value uh, as to to feed your ego, like it makes you a better person or an important person or a good person, um, then you are setting yourself up for. Uh, immense failure in life immense failure in life and there's a reason why so many middle-aged women are on antidepressants or alcoholics and I mean just their lives have been destroyed by feminism uh, which has told them to squander their sexual market value uh, on uh, careers uh, and on a useless uh, series of uh, idiotic men who Women can pursue out of lust rather than out of responsibility. And, and so it's, yeah, the vanity. So the vanity leads to the vulnerability, right? So if a woman wants to have kids and there's not a man around, she's exquisitely vulnerable. If she has kids with a man who doesn't stick around, she's exquisitely vulnerable. And so the vanity leads to the bad decisions, leads to the vulnerability, leads to voting for more and more government programs, uh, thus ending civilization as as we know it. I mean, we have the welfare state because we have women voting, and the welfare state has... Uh, is why the migrants come to Europe. And anyway, we understand all of this. Um, Determinism. uh, (laughs) You are wrong about free will, Stefan. If there's no free will, I I can't be wrong. If there's no free will, if there's no choice, I can't be wrong. If there's no free will, there's no preferred state. There's no preferred state at all. Like a rock bouncing down a hill. There's no, well, it's moral if it lands to the left. It's immoral if it lands to the right. It's just going to land where it's going to land. It's no moral thing to it there's no preferred state there's no better there's no worse we're all machines uh, of mechanical physics and uh, and then people say well no but that's that's different Determinism is not fatalism. It's like, okay, so you can call it determinism, but there's still a preferred state. I still have a choice, and it's still really important to convince me to do something different or believe something different than what I'm thinking. Okay, well, then we have exactly the same philosophical perspective. There are preferred states. Truth is preferable to error, and it's helpful and positive to get people to believe true things rather than false things, so we should work to try and change their minds. We have exactly the same philosophical position, but you call it determinism, and I call it free will. Why? Because, as the saying goes, the beginning of wisdom is to call things by their proper names. So, um, And the last um, comment I wanted to mention here uh, was somebody who said, uh, uh, Stefan has issues, has women issues, because he was beaten by his mother. That is true. I was beaten by his mother. Um, interesting story, you know. <laughs> I was talking about this with someone the other day. Ah, if you look at your life and you look at the unpleasant commandments you got when you were younger it's interesting to see just how much of your life might be a reaction to bad statements wrong statements negative statements that you received when you were younger um so my mother would give me contradictory irrational instructions and then naturally you know it's a trap right i would end up doing something incorrect or not following because i couldn't follow them in any consistent way it was sort of like a here's here's the GPS to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> no, I and so, I, and then I would say, she would say, well, you did it wrong. And I'd say, well, I thought you said, I thought you gave me, I thought you were giving this instruction. I thought you wanted this. And she'd say, don't think. Aha. <laughs> Aha. See, I, it's really important for me to live a totally self-directed life, not just simply bouncing off bad commandments I got when I was a kid. So uh, if you look at my public life over the last decade, don't think. I think I'll just do the complete reverse of that, so... I don't think I have women's issues because I was beaten by uh, my because I was beaten by my mother uh, and uh, uh, when you make a statement like that I uh, like my mother you don't have an argument this is Stefan Molyneux for free Main radio thank you so much for watching and listening please don't forget free slash donate to help us out follow me follow me follow me on Twitter at Stefan Molyneux and if you have any shopping to do please don't forget. FDR slash Amazon. And once more, my friends, a giant, happy, squishy bear hug of Happy New Year to you. I will talk to you soon.